With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pete, welcome. Uh, well, good to see you again, John. Yeah, I mean, we, we've done what we do always when we're trying to do these end of season things by the way it's, it's a few days difference from when we did it last year so that's a bit spookily accurate um july yeah absolutely yes. i think it was the um the sixth last year and it's the fourth yes. when we're recording this yes and we're in the pack horse and culture we are which sure. you picked i did which is a nice pub um it's empty sort of because it's there's a few guys around the bar we've got a couple of dizzy blondes with us so that's good um, in case my wife's listening to this, John, you need to just explain what ah, Dizzy Blondes have got it, with Yeah, it. it's a light ale, right. It is, yeah. correct, yes. So, oh, so yeah. I, just for the current Mrs. Molyneux's uh, benefit. <laughs> current Mrs. Molyneux. So, so the last of two beers that we'll have before we go our separate ways. Um, we dropped a, a little bit of a bollow because there's no food. But, yeah. we've, but we've had a bag of crisp, or I have, and we're ready for it. Yeah. So, so let's jump straight in, right, because for those people who've not listened to this before... We, we fundamentally, you're a Man United fan, a long time season ticket holder, been there, seen the book, read the book, but seen the, the movie, but you've written the goddamn book as well. So, Terrell Fergie is out there, people, and I think he's doing episode oh, number two. Is it going to be called the same thing, by the way? Uh, no, I've got just the work inside. Now, it's going to be called Comeback Fergie because I was going to do it about three years into his retirement when whoever, Mourinho or Moyes, won the league again. But um, it can't come out until Man United win the league again or the Champions League. So we're 10 years into that now. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it might come out next year. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll get on to 10. But, but the original book, people, Tara Fergie, it's, I know it's available on Amazon because I keep pointing people at it. So it, it's a great book for just football fans to read. And you don't have to be a Man United fan. Red shites out there. Our red shites clearly won't go anywhere near it, but everybody else, it's a damn good read. Well, thanks uh, very much for that. John. Yeah, I do, I do appreciate. Yeah, it. no worries. So, so we, for, for those people who've not listened to it before, it, United fan, Everton fan, we sort of try and get a, an Everton fan's perspective from afar. You know, you know, jealous and all that, watching what Man United are doing, but also the other way around. So let's start with that then. Um, a lot of activity at Everton, lots of stuff been going on in this last couple of seasons and perhaps acutely in the last six months almost. So there you are, the other end of the East Lanks, watching. Yeah. What do you see? What do I see? What do I see? Well, I, I suppose I, sh I should just set, set it up by saying, whilst I, I don't have Everton as a second team or anything like that, I don't really believe in second teams. It's other teams that you can still results you can look out for, etc. But I've never, I've never had a problem with Everton FC in terms of the fans, the club. Um, went there in '67, first time as a United fan. We were champions. Harvey Kendall and Ball. Uh, uh, just just uh, 
beat us into submission that day, murdered us. It was only 3-1. They beat the, the, champ, the reigning champions. You had your full crew out as well. well oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, Charlton, Be Best, Lord, Charlton, Styles, yeah. Creron, and we couldn't get out looking. It was a 3-1 that felt like a 5-1, 6-1 defeat. So that opened my eyes to having a football club. But I, but I knew the history before that, because as a kid, like we all did, we read Charlie Booker's Football Monthly then or whatever. And I knew what a great club they were with a great history. And um, I st I've all... I've never lost that respect for, for Everton in that in, in that sense uh, and, and there's been odd things that have happened along the way that have strengthened that the way the Everton fans conducted themselves when, when Busby passed away for example in January 1994 um, so I've, I've actually been, that, I remember I've, that it was a long time ago was it, yeah, it was a long time ago, but, it, but, it, but sometimes things stick in your mind as yeah. a football fan but, uh, so I've absolutely no angst um, no angst at all with, with, with Everton um, and, and, I, and I wish them well and what I see from down the other end of the East Lanks is what a bloody mess you're in um, God I'm not sure if you I'm not sure if you've been rushed into A&E but, but if you were you'd certainly be rushed then down to ICU and, and I get no pleasure out of it and uh, quite a few of me fellow United supporters towards the end we were doing who's going to because we knew we were going to win the league probably after Arsenal capitulated but who's going to go down then it was like who do you think's going to go down who do you want to go down in those last few weeks and I don't know if it's surprising or not but most of the Reds I talked to said well no I want Everton to stay up I don't know why I just want Everton to stay up maybe okay Leeds can go down because of the relationship we got with Leeds maybe Leicester because well we're not too bothered about Leicester and Southampton have been crap all season but there's a lot of Reds just said no I, I, you know I wouldn't put it out on Twitter but I'd be happy for Everton to stay up but what did but, you think rather than what you wanted who did you expect did you expect us to go down I think it was very hard to call. I think that's, that's because you couldn't, you couldn't, you certainly couldn't see where an Everton win was coming from without any certainty, especially if you had to put money on it. Um, and yet they were all stumbling. They were all stumbling. Um, so I was, I was glad in the end when you, you beat Bournemouth on that last end and stayed stayed in the in the uh, top flight. But what a mess you got yourselves in because it wasn't just last season it wasn't just last season before it seems to have been a pattern now over uh, well probably five or six seasons we've done these probably for, in that time we've done these podcasts John and I always optimistically I think I think you could aim for a, a, a top five or six, you know top six or seven or whatever but I saw something I, look, I looked at the uh, headlines in Liverpool Echo before I came out to do this online uh, probably no surprise I'm not, I'm not an avid reader of the Liverpool Echo but not many people are <laughs> there, was, there was just quite a few comments from uh, people their, their, their writers about where Everton were at uh, and one of them had quoted um, Southall saying that the trouble is Everton have been fed this thing that finishing six is a great thing. They should be aiming for the top flight. And I always think aim for the stars, aim mm. for the aim for the edge of the galaxy. And if you don't get there, you might land on the moon or you might land on another planet, but you'll have got you'll you'll have you'll have reached for the skies. Um I think that's a really good point because Neville for 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 a long time he's very pragmatic and you mm. never sit down he doesn't drink so you can't sit in a pub and have a beer but you can oh, sit right. in a pub with him yeah and it's astonishing how consistent he is with that very simple message which clearly underpinned the great career that he had yeah. which was if you're not shooting for top spot what's the point exactly now clearly 
you can start a season the fans are not stupid and blah 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 Everton starting yeah. next season striving to win the Premier League is a bit you know but on yeah. his view very simplistically is on day one you're all equal yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and and those sorts of things and I, I, I've heard people particularly and maybe we'll talk about it later people talk about you know the stadium rising out of um, the dock at Bramley Moor mm. you know, mm. another new stadium built in the city by our great football club when the other one haven't built any, right? Uh, from scratch, I mean. Um, and, and people. You, you did well there. We've got about yeah, three yeah, minutes yeah. in without having to go yeah. to Liverpool. But, 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 so but you'll but, get no. You'll get no. Um, but, but many people, and you, you no doubt will be one of them. We, we, we've all heard that phrase in business, haven't we? Which is uh, under promise and over deliver. Yeah. Right now, I've, whilst I understand it, and you know, and I understand what why people do it. A fundamental flaw with that is, as soon as you've set the expectation that something's going to happen in October. When yeah. objectively you think you can do it in August, you don't have a problem doing it in September. No, so, exactly. So, no, so exactly. actually, under promise and over deliver is only against the weaker target. So what Neville does, rightly I think, is yeah. picks the hardest target. That's where we're going to strive for, which is your yeah. shoot for the stars, settle, settle de- for the de- moon definitely. type of thing, and, and 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 he repeats that over and over again. And over time, when you have in, in, in business terms it applies but in our case it's a football isn't it yeah when you're finishing 17th and 16th and stuff like that top of half sounds like better yeah or or, or ambitious almost yeah. yeah but it's not i mean i saw something yesterday I, I don't know if you saw it you know um roy hodgson's staying on at crystal palace oh is it no i hadn't caught that yeah no. so he's staying on at crystal right, palace right. And, and and they obviously did some form of press release or some interview or whatever and, and and roy was talking about what a great young squad they've had that he had a long conversation with the with the chair chairman as a man and and that they needed to be ambitious and he felt with the wonderful squad they've got and the fantastic fan base they've got mm-hmm they should strive to finish in the top half next yeah. season yeah they finished 11th this season yeah yeah he's talking about ambition as moving up one place yeah yeah now their but fans will lap that up right and uh, probably and, and but i'm more with neville southall it's you know you've and, got, and, you've, and it's not it's not just next season because yeah it's uh, no, nobody with a thousand pound in the back pocket would put heaven to finish in the top three or anything like that. It's the vision. Is that because you finished third? You, like, you, you call it the top three rather than the top no, four? Uh, no, uh, no, 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 that, no, <laughs> no. Not Champions no, that, League no, places. Now that you're back well, in it. <laughs> no, I've thought for a long time. Uh, anybody on Twitter that says United should be happy with the top four place. You'd say we three. To, we used to, no, no, I'd say we used to sack managers for finishing fourth. Ron Atkinson never finished outside. We've sacked multiple managers for rock solid mid, mid-table places. Yeah. And, and perhaps if you want to almost because of the owner import and we might come to that ownership impulsive behaviors by the owner you might say well he shouldn't have sacked some of the managers he sacked when he sacked them i guess silver was a real victim of that but he was sacking people when they were mid-table now we're keeping managers who finish fourth from bottom well it's let's I tried get to get to a little roadmap as to why. Uh, why you, I no, forgot why, you bring a script, yeah. Well, why, no, why, why, ever, why Everton are here? Because a lot. It doesn't you, happen overnight, does it? It doesn't happen overnight. And yet, there's usually then 
you know, if you were a patient lying in A&E and you, your head might be aching, your feet and your legs and your, all, all parts of your body might be aching, but they'll usually point to something that's causing that. Oh, do you know what it okay. was? Have you got a view? Well, 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 well I've, got a, I've got a view for sure. Um, Everton fans listen to you've this. You've got it at two, two levels. What One is you've got to have the vision at the top. Indeed. Everything in business, in a good business, in a big, good club, in a good pub, anything, needs that vi- that vision from the top, that leadership. We go in here. This is where we're aiming to be. This is where Crystal Palace should be. This is where Everton should be. This is where Man United should be. And it's a clear vision. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be bullshit. Are they aspirational, though? Oh, well, that they start off as aspirational, yeah. but it, but it's realizing what you want to do and what you think you can aspire to, yeah. and often you can usually make that happen. Now, if I said I was going to fly to Mars, and I'm not going to let that happen, that's just pie in the sky. But it, it, there are, you can set out you set out things that are stretching it, but re, but realistic. So you've got to get the ownership right. We might might come to that now. There's a turning, both clubs probably, yeah. Um, yes, although I can I can detach. I don't I don't think United's problem on the field has been the ownership in the last no no oh, sorry in the, last, okay. in the last ten years. Yours has been. I don't think that it seems to me like the vision, the direction hasn't come right from the top. It's been patch it, patch it up, mend it, hopeful, blah blah blah. It's not that. It's not got that vision. But if you then look at what's actually happened over the last few years, and I, had to, I saw the patient Everton lying on that couch in A&E, you can't score goals. You just can't. And I'm sure four or five podcasts ago, which was before four or five years ago, and you just got rid of Lukaku. We were talking about Lukaku going probably to you to, a lot. Probably yeah. to us. And it's amazing, he did get the goals for you, but I'd never rate him as a, as a, as a goal scorer. Well, we talked, but, and you talked about his first touch being appalling and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but as a, <coughs> an all-round player, and perhaps the, the, the quality, world-class, as you might call it, then he's, he's lacking, right? He's a good uh, target man for you. Absolutely. Which at the moment you just don't... His best seasons were with us as a player. Yes, yeah, they? yeah, they were. And, uh, the trouble with, uh, without getting too distracted by Lukaku, he gets a mild lip, as we say in Salford, yeah, yeah. And, and his head goes down. If it, when it's going wrong, it's never his fault. And uh, uh, But the um, what I was looking at... Sure to go I, I went, back, I went, years, I went yeah. back to where Moyes was. Uh, left you and um, the, the Moyes' record in the 11 season it was there nine of those seasons you finished in the, the top nine forget the top yeah. ten but in single figures yeah. you know yeah. nine, nine out of 11 since then you've had a fifth 11th 11th 7th 8th 8th 12th 10th 16th and 17th yeah, they're the last hell. two yeah Main problem is goal scoring. Spot on. In fact, the problem isn't goal scoring. It's not goal scoring. Okay, yes. without being too clever. Yeah, yeah. And um, 34 goals in 38 matches Pathetic. last season. I, th- I, I wasn't going to look to see if anybody scored less than that because I, I saw. I was, so looking, I was looking at the bottom four. We were the lowest goal scorers. Well, no, Wolves only got 31. That's but right. somehow they must have stopped goals going in at the other yeah, end. Yeah. Um, quite a few teams conceded more goals than Everton, including Tottenham in something like yeah. sixth place. But the defence wasn't too bad. No. It wasn't great, but it wasn't too bad. But the but, real issue was the lack of goals. But yeah. 34 goals. And that's not just been the problem last season. Your goal scorer. So last season. In that 34, McNeil top with seven, Decore five. So this is just league. Forget the yeah, cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. league cup. I had to check this twice. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it was that. It was that bad. 20, 2022, 
when you scored, I think, 43. The last four seasons, you scored 34, 43, 47, 40. You scored under 50 in every league season. So you'd only have to score one and a bit a game. Everton Football Club should not be should not be doing that. Ne- never have in, in the history. Not. Richarlison got 10 and Townsend got 3 in 22. So even when you get an out-and-out goal scorer, you've not got that support from other strikers or midfield. Calvert-Lewis and Richarlison in 21 got 16 and 7. Richard, Richarlison and Calvert-Lewis in 20 did all right. Um, but... You've got to get a bloody goal scorer in. And from what I see, Everton fans, Everton's owners, the board, in its very informed, have all recognised they need a striker. But instead of buying the guy, they've put the hope in Calvert-Lewis or... Calvert-Lewis. Lew- yeah. Or that somebody might just do see, it. See, what we've had... So they've not addressed the problem. They're lying in A&E, yeah. bleeding to death. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we do the toppy TV thing, and we, after... Lampard's great escape, if you want to call it that, when you know when we we secured Premier League safety the season before last, yes. the second to last game of the season, yes. then went on our holidays and got battered by Arsenal on the last day. Um, we went to pre-season. In, yeah. and pre-season was in the States. And we, oh yeah. You know we played, uh, you know we played in uh, Baltimore and Minneapolis, and Adrian Heath, um, Minnesota United manager, they battered us. Right. Right. And um, Baz and Ped, the two guys from Toppy TV, are you know they're in the dugout because we had full credit, press accreditation, right? Oh, so right. on the pitch and everything. And uh, they're sitting there, listen, you know, you do the classic, never again type of thing, which is bullshit because no one appears sometimes at this football club to actually walk that talk. Right. But they said we all know what we need. This team needs goals. Yeah. It yeah. needs goals. So Everton fans knew that 12 months ago. Yeah. Well, sure. probably knew two years ago, but yeah. Yeah. absolutely acutely. Uh, around this time last year, I'd have to check when we were in the states, but it's it, 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 it's in July. Oh, we, we've talked about it. Yeah. yeah. But in July, and those two guys are sitting there depressed. We've just been battered by Minnesota, literally battered, and we need goals. Right. So everybody knew. Right. right okay. Everybody, you, Man United fan, you yeah, knew. Yeah. I knew. I'm an Everton fan. The guys on the independent fan media, they knew. Yeah. Therefore, the club must have known, and yeah, exactly. failed to deliver it. Right. Failed to deliver it. So why do you think that is? And what what I know about, we're not going to get too deep into the ownership now, but there does seem to be some movement in the MSP are coming in. That's right. They put yeah. an interim board in at yeah. the moment, yeah, to do this transition. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about MSP, so while I'm a person who doesn't want state ownership in football, I feel very strongly about that. They're venture capitalists based in the States, so American. Uh, And the the initial Uh, shape of the deal is a loan, it's not actually equity, right? This is about 100 million. 130 odd million. And that'll secure the new ground? No, it doesn't secure it, but good good, um, chunk towards it. The stadium allegedly, just by people doing simple sums about how much the owner said it's going to cost, how much has been spent so far, it's got about 350 mil to finish it. I'm not sure about that to be honest because um, the way the build's going, I'm not sure you could spend the money fast enough to to finish it in the time it's going to be finished. In In the sense that the run rate can't be three, four, five million pounds almost okay, a week okay. sort of thing and MSP are still looking for more funding aren't they for, uh, for that the, I think well MSP is not closed out yet right, right. Um, you know these numbers have been coming out the rumours around them having a couple of board members I right. think a fair number of Everton fans uh, not wrongly but 
maybe not rightly either, are hoping that when their nominees join the board, the world becomes a better place. Okay. Um, clearly... Who, whose nominees? MSPs? MSPs, or? yeah. Right, okay. right. MSPs. So, um, well, if I said headlock gate to you, what would that mean to you as a man? Headlock, headlock gate. Yeah, what would that mean no, to you as an Everton fan? something where I used to get bullied at school. Yeah, so so headlock gate for Everton arrived in um, back in January, right, when we, we played uh, Southampton. And a few hours before the game, therefore around an hour-ish, whatever, um, prior to um, you know the teams being announced... Everton issued a statement, right? And the statement that they issued was that because of a credible threat to their safety, the board would not be attending this game. Yes, uh, right. Okay, I'm familiar okay. with that. Those developments. And, and so the, there was a bit of a gap of understanding. Uh, journalists were given this statement in the last few hours before kickoff. They obviously all took it to be gospel, right? True no no um, creativity in the wording and stuff like that right they got side briefings when they asked questions right um which subsequently the club has said never happened which is fair enough but either these journalists totally made it up or somebody told them something and part of it was that part of the credible threat to their safety apart from all the rubbish horrible stuff that people in the public eye have to suffer when things aren't going well yeah. um was that the the, um, the chief exec, a woman, had been held in a headlock by an Everton fan. Yeah. Oh right, I see. You I, know, yes, hence, see, hence yeah. the headlock gate thing. Uh, yes, um, I see. yes. I, journalists I see. got yep. stonewalled ultimately by the football club, who's, who basically gave a very bland, "We're not going to talk about historical events." Yeah. Right. When they asked for evidence and you know explanations and so on, so no one outside the football club has any evidence whatsoever that the so-called headlock thing happened. But what we do know is that the board of directors, having been given advice by some external security consultant not to attend the game, chose not to. And they've not attended a game since. That was January. And that was January. Right. I hadn't realised it had gone on that long. I, knew, know, it, I knew it wasn't just the last was January. few games. And they attended right. a few away games. I think right. Ken Wright sought to attend all of them. So he's the, he's the Evertonian amongst them proper. So he stuck to it. And of course... Um, less than a month ago um, the three board members in particular uh, Denise Barrett-Baxendale mm. uh, Grant Ingalls who was the finance guy and Graeme Sharp who you'll know yeah. who was um, a bit weird called non-exec but seemed to have a, a director's role yeah. but let's not worry about it all of those guys ladies and guys they resigned and right. they've gone never to be seen again uh, subsequently the owner and made a statement about the interim board, which is what you just mentioned. The owner being Mashiri. Yeah, Mashiri announced a, uh, an interim board, which he's yeah. on as well. Yeah. He said he'd asked Bill to stick around for a difficult period of, of, of transition around, you know, transfer right. windows open, that sort of thing. And Colin Chong, who's the stadium development mm, director, yeah. was made CEO, which is a bit, bit surprising in the sense that he's not a CEO, but they need somebody in, yeah. in the short term. And Grant Ingalls, logical number two, stepped up to be the finance guy on the board. Right. And that's the board now, right? Um, and the MSP thing hasn't happened yet. And you know from our day jobs back in the day around mm. doing big deals that time kills deals. But everyone seems reasonably confident that uh, MSP will indeed stick in the 130-odd million quid 
right. and that predominantly will be used to fund the stadium although there is some hopes rumors thoughts whatever that okay there's a little bit of money around the edges that might go into player you know acquisition and stuff okay um right fair enough so just to play play some of that back from a from a um, just a, a high a higher level not just from a united fans perspective but this seems to be like a holding position, a it holding is. Oh, absolutely, board that they yeah. need it to see if MSP come in. Absolutely. And, and they might they might be the avenging angel, MSP. Who knows? But um, but definitely, what's gone before is going out. And, and Mashiri's um, spell seems to be coming to an end as full as having as much say in the club. Bill Kenwright's also seems to be as well. I've got different views on on on, on those two, and MSP. We'll take it over. And no, uh, no, stop. Whoa, stop. You need to be careful, right? Yeah. Um, but it is interesting that that's how it I'm looks. I'm to keep it just, just yeah. Just, but that's just how simple. it looks from afar, right? Um, the MSP stuff, the money, is a loan. Right. Okay. Okay. So they don't have any shareholding in the football club when the loan executes when it okay. starts. Mashiri still has 94 point whatever it is yeah. percent of the stock. Yes. The rumour stroke expectation, which is all in the no base stuff, nothing publicly announced, is that down the line, MSP can convert that loan right. into 25% shareholding in the football club. Right. Now, for that not to negatively impact the football club, that'll have to be a dilution of existing shareholders. In other words, they'll, they'll publish some more, they'll print some more shares, and the net result of that will be MSP will have 25% of the stock. Yeah. So by definition, Mishiri will have 94 or less than yeah. 25, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he'll still be the largest shareholder. So in very simple terms, he'll still have voting okay. control. So it'll just be diluted. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if that loan thing to convert into equity thing happens again, eventually it'll get to the point where okay. someone like So why MSP would MSP, who are obviously a good capital venture group, why why is it this attractive to them because it sounds like they're still leaving it in the hands of a man who has failed i believe badly over six seven years which is machinery and i don't know whether you want to publicly say that in as many words but he's, he's been at the helm he's he's haven't have lacked this vision this target he's been, he's been the owner when a ship fest has been going on in on his watch right yeah. okay so what why would msp hand the baby over to Mashiri. Well, they're not going to hand it over because he's got it already. Why would, right? they, let but, the, but why would they let Mashiri anywhere near the baby? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's where we, we need, and fans, myself included, are waiting to see the devil in the detail. Because okay. clearly, <clears throat> the general expectation is that MSP will clearly have some board nominees. And if I'm MSP, that's perhaps the best way to express it. If I'm SP, MSP, I want the two key roles on the board. Yeah, yes. Right? Yeah. And clearly one of those is either, let's just say the most senior person on the board, whether it's called chair or chief exec, yeah, I'm not yeah, fussed yeah. about no, what no. it's called. I want the top job, right? So whoever is the, the boss person of the board, if I'm MSP, I want that to be my guy. Yeah, exactly. And I want the finance guy as well. And that's what they'll probably do. And that's probably what they'll do. So even though they're a minority shareholder, yeah. in business as usual terms, they'll have great influence and great authority. Yes. Right? And one of the things that has to happen, and, and this no doubt will be in the formal agreement, or should be, between MSP and Fahad Mashiri, right, as the de facto owner, is 
we, we Farhad, yes. us as big shareholders, yeah. me and you, Farhad, so you're Farhad and I'm MSP, yeah. we need to let the board run the business. Yeah, yeah. Not us, them. Yeah. And, and I know as MSP, on the board, the chair, or the chief exec, doesn't really matter, top person and the finance person are mine right yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and why am i as msp wanting to get involved at all because i think i'll make money well i i, I always like a story to have a happy ending and i think evans may happy have a happy ending in fact i do believe evans will have a happy ending with this coming about despite what's gone on for the last 10, 10 years but um and how how they do it they've got to msp have got to be good guys and gals yes for indeed. one uh, in terms of owners and and they, 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 good owners aren't abundant they don't they don't they're not always what they seem and they don't always last long but they could be uh, there's a very attractive proposition to take over everton football club i see it you're not a sleeping giant yet but you are a ve- you need to get out of intensive care and get back out, out, out there and being a, a, a top English club. And Everton can do it. And the move to the new ground is critical, I think, because your fan base warrants something better than 39,000 top attendance. And we've known that for, for 10 years. So I, I, can, I, can, I can see the vision, yeah? They'll have to lever it so that they have to, okay, control, dilute machineries, control, but do it do it um they might, they might have to do it for a few things in a controlled um, way in a controlled way but just just on on that john i guess you said time is going on it can kill a deal and i know the same things happening with the glazer stuff with us you also know from your history in business deals like this can take a while oh, Le- legally to go through etc oh, and they're not they don't, don't always fit in with the, t- the timetable of the football season you know so you'd love to be all ready for august etc but that might not happen because of le- legal stuff that has to take place okay so if we, so we assume ju- just that, to that, close that, that out, yeah. might be sorry forget machinery ms are your golden vision so to speak in the short term absolutely. it used to be Alex Young when I was a young <laughs> lad but uh, it's now hey, now there's a film watch the golden vision of people if you've never watched it that was that was a very good film yeah, and if you've not anyway. watched How as well you should watch How as well okay um, but, right, it's so okay. But, but, but no, just to close that bit out, and, and, and it, there might be a good segue there about ownership because, of course, there's stuff going on at United as well in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. and around that space. But you're quite right. P- people are in, in a desire to see the end of the old school people, yeah, yeah. which fundamentally meant the board. And you'll have seen on TV and all that stuff, all the protests and the All Together mm. Now campaign and what have you. Toxic. Yeah, and and, and, and and that has been a very successful campaign, particularly mm. when it, it, it sort of got real and, and not yeah. so much stopped being personal, which it stayed personal because fundamentally Everton fans wanted all four of them gone, right? Yeah. And three of them have gone. Bill's hanging in there for continuity, I suppose. And again, without the emotional bit, objectively, that seems okay. It should be. It should be there. Yeah. But Even he, as an honorary president. He, well, we'll just talk about the, the yeah, whatever follows the um, the active involvement, the mm. executive involvement. Yeah. But, but one would rather like or hope that as MSP come through the door, Bill walks out the door. 
because he's become an icon for the past and for the dysfunctional behaviours and so on. So even yeah. if he turned out to be a superstar, it's too late. You know what I mean? Right, okay. Um, he no, is, no, he's yeah. a bad, while he's there, there's a problem. Okay. Right, and because he's a proper Everton fan, and whatever people think, he is a proper Everton fan. And I've discussed it with him personally. It's best for him, and it's best for the football club if he goes. Okay, and and maybe times a healer for him in the future, as you you know, you talk about honorary positions and stuff. But in reality, in the short term, the only thing that's important is to remove any obstacle from us all together now, actually being real, as in we're all together now. Because right now it's almost like we're all together, but this guy's still here. And, and that guy, unfortunately for him, but for the rest of us, he needs to go. No, I think you summed it up very well. I, I could hear the farm striking up with all together now. Well, <laughs> yeah, of course, and <coughs> you, you definitely, you, you've got to in any set up particularly a football club or be aligned from top from from top to bottom um and yeah and at the moment it, it's just it's not just dysfunctional at board level but when you've got the, the protests that are going on uh, it's nothing but a distraction but i think everton fans are right to have protested the way they did oh absolutely because you've been not just on the brink of relegation but you've been facing mm -hmm. it i hadn't realized that this is the longest you've gone ever in your history without a trophy. Your history goes back as far as Man United. It's 1878 you yeah. were formed. So 100 and odd, what's, what's the maths? 22 years, 78, 122, 145 years. 28 years now, is it, since you won a, a 95 trophy? 95 the last time we won it. <coughs> That's the longest you've gone. Sorry sorry for the, the Everton fans now, must be... Well, well thanks for reminding us. Su suicide. That, but... <coughs> I was there the day Rideout scored that. Well, yeah, because we beat your shower. That, 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 look, that lucky <laughs> rebound, really. Well, that's not, well if um, Graeme Stewart put it in first hand. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's it, it's just an, ama an amazing stat. And I hadn't realised, Everton won the league. I didn't realise, I'd forgotten they'd, they'd won the league the last time before the Second World War, 38 39. Yeah, so we, we've been so, the longest holders of the title. Longest holders. And I thought, well, they didn't win anything after that through the 40s, the 50s, you went down for your rare stay in the yeah, second division. And I remember Harry Catrick coming in and he won it in 63. But when I did the maths, 39 to 63 is only 24 yeah, years. Yeah. This has been 28 years. It's crazy, so, isn't it? So this isn't to rub salt in the wounds, this is to say, get a reality check. But MSP, if they come in and they've got right intentions and they handle it right, take you into a new stadium, put some money out there for the players as well, they've got to do that. Sean Dyche, I believe, is is a very, very good manager and I believe he'll make his name at Evan. He did at Burnley, but there's many managers done well at clubs like Burnley, no disrespect, sure. but then they go to a bigger club and no, they can't, can't do it. Graham Potter being a good example. Yeah, twice. Well, I, 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 exactly, yeah, and sometimes they go to Sir Frank Lampard, yeah. who's doing great with Derby. The next minute, he's, he's managing Chelsea. It's, it's a different planet, you know. Yeah. But Dyche is a very good manager. He'll tighten up the defence. Um, he'll, he'll probably get a couple of good strikers in, uh, uh, or uh, maybe a few. Uh, uh, I mean, you have been shopping in the bargain base, haven't you? So I'm quite optimistic for the future for for, for Everton, but it's got, it's got to go right. I think it's got to the point where it can't go worse now. Uh, well, I've said on, on on when I was been interviewed by Baz on the and the poor guy's face went white because I said um, a good few months ago, I'm not sure we've hit rock bottom yet. Yeah. No. And of course, and you only you, know with history, don't you? Absolutely. And you don't know when rock bottom was until you start rising away from 
yeah. going upwards yeah. and I think the MSP arrival and time will tell whether they're the right people and so on yeah. but their arrival alone with their nominees on the board will be seen as we're on the upslope yeah um, interestingly and I'd like us to, to move on to United in a sec interestingly a bit like when Moyes went to United right, oh, yeah. as manager remember that <laughs> and wise people could say with hindsight you didn't want to be the f person who followed Ferguson you wanted to be the mm. person who followed the person who followed Ferguson yes yeah uh, because Moyes probably did things that made the guy who followed him life a little bit easier right yeah because, bought him a better time yeah a bit more time and and I do think MSP might not be the answer but they are the successors to the total control that Farhad Mashiri has and exercises not always well i.e. Yes. often badly yeah and they'll bring some discipline and some challenge to decision making yeah. and being what they are they'll either seek i guess to try and get total control or they'll exit with a big wedge of profit right yeah um the 130 million and there's ind good indicators security commission in the state shows that the money's been gathered and so on um you know that values the football club at around half a billion half a billion which is crazy i know you're a lot are worth <laughs> a lot more but i think the the, the the prize for msp and others is a personal view based on reading and and the like notwithstanding what may or may not happen with changes in the game and stuff but it won't be too long before the dominance that premier league football clubs enjoy through broadcasting rights and so on we'll see most if not all of those and i'll use an americanism so the link to united franchises they'll all be worth over a billion yeah so msp could yeah. double their money reasonably quickly oh yeah and i think i, th I think they see that absolutely and, and because of what they are you've got you've got people coming in groups coming in consortiums coming into lower league things you've got people like, you know forest green rovers seem to have a, a better vision than great e manager that everton have had in the last in the last few years yeah, great manager. Had, just a coincidence i think then but <laughs> Let's hope they do at least get you to, to turn the corner and they don't turn out to be, um, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, and there have been a few of those in the, back in the day. Yeah, they have. Particularly across the, the park at Liverpool, of course, when they're... The, well, of course, yeah, you do think of the, the Americans that yeah. came in there. And so not everything not everything glisters is yeah. golden, as I think Shakespeare said. So what about your lot? My lot, right. Let's, um, let's do the segue into this through the change of well, ownership well, thing. Well, is ownership actually going to change? It's been running forever, but seems to be down to two. That that money, um, perhaps you don't want, and a Man United fan. So, so where's your thoughts on that one? From afar, to me, it looks like the yeah. Blazers are just squeezed out the last pips. Um, they, 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 they've got the to use the the, the the Evertonian thing with Bill. You know, it, it's their train set. And they're finding it really hard to let go of their train set. But they quite like right. the idea of getting a big bag of money and sort of staying involved as well, but yeah. in a minority situation. Um, the Arabs, of course, want to get the jewel, the big prize of the biggest brand name on the planet, no matter what Real Madrid say. Yes. Um, and, and no doubt will keep raising the ante financially but even they must have a, a line in the sand where they say you know we're not paying more than that so i don't know who's going to get it as an outsider looking in i'd, I'd sort of like ratcliffe to get it just because he's a brit and he's a man united well mashiri's a man united fan but i think you're too you're too rich for his blood um but what do you think as a man united fan watching it pass before your very door so 
the Glazers I've never been happy with and in 2021 I was on the front line there when we got the Liverpool game called off when the crowds weren't allowed in totally totally behind that and the semi-lawlessness that was behind that because I don't promote lawlessness who would. But, uh, in but, yeah, that, no, yeah. but we had to do something if you're going to make your impact big yeah. you've got to throw yourself in front of the King's Horse so or you've sure. got to bring down the Twin Towers or you've got to do whatever not that I support any of those actions but you you can't just keep putting banners up and having marches yeah. um, so that Liverpool game being called off in May 21 was was great and I was there I was there for the replayed game it was only a bit a, a week later and I think if more had turned out I was hoping that those five or six thousand might have been turned into ten and twenty thousand and I think that really would have been the end of the Glazers but when you think that was uh, May 21 the Glazers last November so that was November 22 said we are we are going to ten, sell we intend to sell I tapped them on the word because I think I think they've had enough they're getting kicked left right and centre whatever they did if, if they doubled everybody's wages and in the country they'd, they'd be still pillared uh, because you get to a point where you've gone over the threshold you're, you're too toxic um, so I, I never welcomed them they should have embraced Manchester United more the culture of Manchester United the culture of Manchester but 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 they didn't uh, they were lucky for the first few years because Fergie was the manager. We actually have had in our, our 145 years the most successful spell under the Glazers, ironically. But that's because we had a guy called Fergie managing the club. Do you think um, it's a, a bit ironic, uh, we may come to it, and well, I'm sure we will in a minute, that, you, sorry, I'm just picking you up on the soundbite of they never embrace Manchester, right? Yeah. I, I won't make jokes about Salford and stuff like that, but... All right, great to Manchester. <laughs> but you're... Blue, blue boys from across the park, as we would say, you know, in in our world, you know, city, yes. Yes. their owners seem to have embraced it far more than 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 yours have even. Is that just trying to do it? Yours haven't tried at all, have they? Uh, ours haven't tried at all. Uh, no credit to the city owners for the work they've put into the east side of Manchester. The money they've put in, not the work, they've got the money. Um, no, I'll, I'll give them credit credit for that. Sadly, you I, still I claim you're untainted. Well, though, we you? are untainted. We are, we are untainted as Everton are untainted at the moment. As Liverpool are untainted, Chelsea are tainted. I like the season. PSG are tainted. Saint Petersburg are tainted. If you're owned by a state, somebody who's richer than God, um, then you are always going to be tainted. If you've allegedly broken rules, a high number of rules, then, that then, boat, then, the then you're tainted. Allegedly. Well, there's, there's dropping litter and then there's committing murder. And there's, <laughs> so rules, there's rules and rules. We've dropped litter, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it'd be another podcast for me to get on to Manchester City's... Uh, but anyway, back to the, 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 the Glazers. I, I just hope they get the, the best justice that money can buy. Yes, indeed. Um, but back to back to you know the owners. So the Glazers did say they're going to go in November, and and that's fine. And you believe them this time? I be, I believe them, and I think it takes time. I don't know why it's taking so long. I don't want the Qataris in, because it would be state-owned. I'm nothing against the Qataris. How would you feel if that actually they became your owners? Well, then they are our owners. I still support the boys in red, yeah. whoever the manager is, whoever the owners are, wherever they play. And you'd hope to replicate what City have done with their Arab owners. You seem to be drawn into getting City into this conversation. Listen, mate, I had a conversation, uh, it, it might have been on channel, actually, with yeah, Baz, right? Yeah. Um, Barry Cass. And 
from an Everton point of view, look where we are. You know, our fan base, a bit like Newcastle's have, would embrace <laughs> Arab money and almost turn a blind eye to all the other stuff, right? Oh, I uh, see. So, so would you prostitute, prostitute yeah, your principles? But, but you have, you no. personally, and, no. and, and a lot of good United fans have protested about this ownership that yeah. you have now, yeah. predominantly because they take out more than they put in, I suppose. Yes. If you then got Arab owners whose mission would be pretty much the same as cities which is let's call it sports washing for one of yeah, the phrase yeah wouldn't you start protesting against them oh well quite possibly not not initially i'd rather not get them in in the first place yeah we had our chance not to get the glazers in we yeah. had our chance not to glazers and you could who would you have got then we'd have got the coolmore club oh, of course yes the, the horse racing race. guys yeah, yeah, now, yeah now they might be better or worse or whatever but they're a bit closer to home and there's stuff where you could blame fergie for that for where who we got in bed with yeah, they, well, and who we upset yeah, yeah. yeah so let's not go that there because that could be another that, podcast that's a long and, one yeah. uh, and, and sometimes when you're tracing things back it's like well okay you know you, you've, so you, you have, so you have a go at colonial as well yeah, yeah. well who won that war in 1066 so, so ultimately though right. you really so hope the that comes through don't you I hope Ratcliffe does. I don't necessarily say he's in the, um, Ratcliffe and his consortium. I think are probably best fitted. I think Ratcliffe wants to take over Chelsea. I don't. I don't need my owner to be a Manchester United fan. I'd love them to be. Yeah. Isn't he a Man United uh, Louis fan? Ed, Louis Edwards was a Man United fan, but he wasn't the best owner. I've got to be careful now. I don't like to slander people or lie, but slander people is it when you speak of them? But he wasn't the most um, high. Uh, his principles weren't necessarily the best of a, a person could they be. They were different days, though, weren't they? They, they were different days. But Local businessmen could own a, what's now a Premier League football club. They, they yeah. could, some did. But, but um, so, so what am I saying in a nutshell? We've never liked our chairman. When we look back now to Davis, who saved the club, and um, I'm forgetting the, the name of the other chap now, God, God forgive me, but um, who've come in to save the club. We'd look back in history 70, 80, 90 years and say they were great men. But we didn't like Martin Edwards, we didn't like Louis Edwards and, 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 and so, so on. on. Um, so I don't need to love them, I just not need to, dis, to dislike them. So the opposite of love isn't dislike. Of course. The opposite of love is not, I'm just gonna get not love. I'm just going to get I think, well done, mate, I, think, yeah. I think the band's just arrived. Anyway, <laughs> to get to, back to the point, Pete. The point is, I think the Glazers are going, and whoever comes in, comes in, and I, I prefer it to be Jim Ratcliffe. Even Either though way, the Qataris might have a lot more money. Yeah, because you're just buying. You're just buying something. And what, what, um, it's, it's the respect you'd have. If you had a mate, he or she had made loads of money through their own, through inventing something in Silicon Valley or just inventing anything. Yeah. And then you had a, another mate whose father or mother left them 20 billion. I don't care who you are, you'd have a different view of them when you sat in the pub and they started talking about pontificating about the world. Yeah. So there's a, a bit of purity there. Um, I don't want to be able to buy all the best players in the world and put them in Man United's Stop team. Piling. I yeah. don't believe ex exactly. And Chelsea did with Abramovich, but the best player in the side, sorry, in, uh, a great player and a great player in the reserves and a great player in, in, in the third yeah. team. And eventually they had to put them out on loan, etc. So, it's not just that I don't want that, John. United don't need to do that. United can be successful without without state ownership. I was about to and say... And I'm on the way to doing that, I believe. I was going to say, as, as a commercial monster, which it is, um, 
you know, maybe you wouldn't say it, maybe you would. Um, but if the Glazers just hadn't taken any, any money out at all over the last so many years, right? The last so many years, he's going to put a jukebox on, isn't he? Hopefully not deafening us in here. Um, if they hadn't taken the money out that they took out and they'd just been reinvested in the business, i.e. in players, you yeah. wouldn't have been swamped by City's money, would you? Uh, correct. Um, it, in other words, that's your view. You don't need a state ownership. You just need a business which is not all about the owner taking out tens, if not hundreds of millions of pounds every year. Yeah. The owners are taking money out. The Glazers are doing that for sure. Yeah. But they have given all those managers since Fergie a good budget to buy players. If I listed... Enough. Yes, I believe enough. I was going to say Sancho, 100 million quid's an indication. Well, yeah. individual players, whether they whether we played the right price for them is another matter. No, but you've spent but lots of money on players in other Yes, yeah, yeah. Van Hal, Mourinho and Solskjaer all bought, uh, I forget the order of it, but something like 12, 11 and 13 players. Right. And there were players who, as a Man United fan, when we bought them, I said, and my mate said, oh, he's good, Rocco, Blind, and so on and so on, Angel, um, um, uh, um, so is the anti-glazer thing just about them taking the money out? Part, it's partly about them taking the and money ha- and out. And how they funded, i.e. not with their own money, buying the thing in the first place. If The worst crime they're responsible for, and there's probably about three crimes, football crimes yeah. in inverted commas, one, they didn't appoint the right managers. The board didn't appoint the right, right. managers. We got it wrong with Moyes, but yeah. again, we do have to blame Fergie a bit for that because he chose he his successor, yeah, yeah. just like Busby did with McGuinness. Yeah, yeah. But all right, then we got Van Halen and Mourinho, both seem to be big enough for the Man United stage. But the commonality with those two is that they played defensive football, um, very conservative football. Manchester United's history is steeped in it, certainly for the last seven or eight decades. Is during do going down the wings, breaking, breaking at speed trying to play fast expansive attractive winning football we've never done it in every game or every season but we've done it in most games and most seasons and that that's the man united way of playing and unfortunately van gaal got us a trophy marino got us two trophies but it was look we start off nil nil if we happen to score a goal we'll have won the game that's no good don't lose and some managers have been like sexton was like that herbert chapman was a bit like that i believe going back um you had gordon lee who was a bit yeah, like that yeah, yeah. you're either positive or a cautious person i believe in you life. like positive managers oh for sure positive and dirty. don't we all Exactly, because you want to see your team going forward, yeah. get you on the edge of your seats, or yeah. if you, you know. So Ollie, Ollie did some of that. Got hampered by the COVID, by the pandemic. I do feel, and then just lost his way with some of the a bit of toxicity, the toxicity that was in the club that wasn't the Glazers, but mm. certain players. Um, we've now found, I believe, in Eric Ten Hag, the Dutch Fergie. His found, interview by Everton. A number of years ago. Was he? Right. Didn't interview well. Right. I didn't. I didn't know he'd been interviewed by. Him, and yeah. therefore, I didn't know he'd been, not been interviewed. Well, well maybe he wasn't ready. He was ready. desperate for the job. Yeah. Yeah. Well. As they all are to get in the Premier League. But yeah. Well, yeah, to get in the Premier League. But, but, but the thing he did with Ronaldo was a bit good for him, wasn't it? Where, oh. Um, well, when he first came, there were certain players that had to leave. Pogba had to leave, mm. Lingard had to leave, Sanchez had to leave, I believe. Yeah. Even Cavani, there was talk of, that didn't quite have the But he the moved right all these guys on. He moved them on. Ronaldo, he gave him his chance and then waited till Ronaldo shot himself in the foot. And, and with presumably it. he's the driver behind De Gea as well, is he? Oh, 
Ten Hag. Yeah. Oh no, I think Ten Hag might give the head. Ten. Uh, but he um, knows a, p- a player's value, I suppose. Oh, he knows players' values, but we're talking about toxicity. I can't really say the word actually. But players who are pulling in the wrong direction. For them, the, not the, the, club, the issue yeah. with Maguire and De Gea is whether they are good enough to play in his style. Yeah. Which is playing out from the back and. And evidently they're not, but he knows exactly what he wants. He sets a vision for sure. himself, for people around but him. He's, he's, clear. he's placed himself in the position of authority, hasn't he? Def- definitely. There's an old saying, John: a rising tide lifts all boats. That's true. Man United at the end of May, May 22, we'd lost our confidence. It had been shot. Defeats at Anfield 4-0. Defeats at Brighton 4-0. After a poor season, anyway, we'd lost we'd lost our way temporarily, and Ten Hag came in and he, he fixed what he could as quickly as he could, and we had a pretty good season. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I have to lie, <laughs> and you know what I'm going to say, don't you? So let's get it out, right? You just said you'd lost your way because you lost at Anfield four nil, but Ten Ten Hag sorted it all out, and you lost at Anfield seven nil. Good point. A very good point. <laughs> no, I do agree with the general premise, very, though. I've, I've, he, he's steadied the ship. He's asserted it, himself, hasn't he? You've still got some ills of the past. Sancho, 100 million quid. Send him out on loans to get his confidence back or whatever, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I suspect even United don't want to write off 100 million quid. But... Um, I think your your forthcoming seasons you should have great optimism I suppose uh, definitely let's do it right right yeah go on you, you've, you're back in the Champions League correct that was important very important the red shite are not the real red shite right so that's also important can yeah. I just something I've not checked Liverpool aren't going to sneak in through the back door are they because Man City so. won the Champions League no I don't think so didn't, Liverpool, really hope sne- not. didn't Liverpool sneak in luckily. mate if there was a rule they could fiddle so they get back in they will but let's just okay. assume that but no they okay. won't so Man United yeah. are in the Champions League yeah, yeah, and they're rightful place rightful he says place. arrogantly and you finished third which is yes. why I thought you were talking about top three right yeah, you third. won a cup we won the league cup. Yeah, yes. it's still a cup. Correct. And you got to the final of the other cup. And got to the final of the FA Cup. So, Ten Hag's done a damn good job, hasn't he? He did. And the one other thing that is more um, uh, not tangible, he got us playing attractive football. He got us our heart back. He got us our confidence back, our courage back, our brain back. He took us down the yellow brick road. What about... Um, Rashford season then Rashford superb is that like yeah. an outlier and that's the best you'll get out of him or do you think he can repeat that well 30 goals a season well if that's the best we can get and we get it every season it's good um, Marcus Rashford is a superb player yeah. and he'd lost his way with the others um, yeah. I th- I th- I saw an interview with him on, only the other day. I, I, I did record the FA Cup final, and I, I, I watch it back in bits now because we lost. If we'd have won, I'd have watched it all through that following week. But I want to revisit it. He gave an interview, and the build-up as well in that. And then the BBC gave an interview to say that he'd, he'd lost his way, and it's because of the way Man United were playing. Yeah. Since he was a kid in the youth team, not before the youth team when he was 13, he always tried to play attractive football and and, and go forward mm. and win, play expansive I ne- football. You know what? I and never we, and thought. Lost about, that. I never thought about it that way that as he was coming through the ranks mm. it was in an environment where United were on the front foot and all of a sudden you had a series of managers who were all about well if we don't see the goal we don't lose 
yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, and that's and, and if we can scab a goal, we win. Yeah? Oh, definitely. And that I, wouldn't play to his strengths, would it? No, no, not at all. Not a last man John, player. I'm, I'm old know? enough, sadly, to remember that when Busby went and we became the first English team to win the European Cup. I've got to stress that the first English team to win the European Cup. Nobody won it for another nine years, even after that. I think. Uh, but the point is. Six years later, we were in the second division. Okay. So people said in all that six years, I can't believe this. This isn't the Man United way. This isn't what Man United are. But we were. You have to deal with the reality and act on it. And and we kissed a few frogs and they didn't turn into princes like Franco Farrell and uh, Dave Sexton latterly and uh, Wolf McGuinness. But then Tommy Dock came and he, he got us back on. He won a cup. Yeah. He, he won a cup, but he also got our attacking football back. Ron Atkinson built on that. And they those two between them got the modern day United going to take us and into Fergie. Yeah. everything forever you, you must yeah. never lose your values like that that's Everton a real must, key message Everton yeah. must never lose their values whatever and the fans know it the fans know it better than the people in charge I'm writing that down never sorry never, to stop ne- you no never lose your heritage never lo- and your vision to, to know your vision and understand your vision you've got to look at your history If you, it, you, you can't know where you're going to unless you know where you've been that applies to Everton and it applies to Man United. Oh, I think God. we're just a bit further along the path. I, can't, from I you. can't follow that up. Right. We, can't. We, should, <laughs> we should cut that bit out and make everyone listen to it. So okay, let's okay. go into the, the, the Jeopardy moment, right? Jeopardy, Jeopardy. Which is because um, I think we're coming up to the hour um, and an hour's enough for anyone listening to us. That and I need a pee. So um, next season. Yes, um, season. the way we've done this, I think by recollection, is I suppose I should say what I think I think you're going to do. And, and it's always tainted with a bit of rose tinted because you're in front of me and stuff. Yes, um, I've got a knife to your throat. Yeah, yeah. And you have to do the same looking the other way. Okay. And, and, and clearly, in, in our case in particular, it's quite difficult for you to do that because it's, the business is dysfunctional, right? Yes. Um, it's got a stadium guy who's fundamentally a a very good project manager who's sitting in his chair called CEO waiting for somebody else to come and take it off him. This is Colin Chong. That's Colin, yeah. 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 I a, looked at his history, it's quite he's impressive. A, he's a really good guy. Okay. Um, but anyway, so it's harder for you than it is for me. Um, looking at you uh, 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 as a business and mindful that um, we don't know when the ownership issue is going to be addressed. Um, Outside the club. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm really talking about Man United. Okay, right? Right. So it'd be really sad if it's not done before the season starts because you, you've got that. Well, what do we do then? But BAU's okay, yeah? yeah, because from a sporting perspective, the manager's got his act together. Yeah. He got a good squad and you'd have to expect to kick on. Yes. The downside is you ain't going to win the league, right? Okay. Because there's a monster across the city who actually have to have a poor season. And you have to have a magnificent season to do them, shall we okay, say? Yes, yes. But our shower from across the park got that sweet spot. So I think a good season for you is to go deep into the Champions League. Go deep into it. Yeah. yeah. To put a round against. Yeah. Semi-finals. Semi-final. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Semi. Semi-final. If you get knocked out in the quarter-final, that might just about be par. Right. Okay. So, so, so I'm setting expectation. So knock out, out, knock out stages. Yeah, out the group stages, okay. whatever. How many bloody rounds they have these days? But yeah. 
in, no later than the quarterfinal. Sorry, no earlier than the quarterfinal okay. should you get knocked out. Right. And once you're into that, it's it's jeopardy, isn't it? Oh it's, yeah, it's a sure. shootout. Who you draw and yeah. what happens on the day. So 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 th- think that would be good. Uh, the other two cups, no disrespects, because we we take either of them. Yeah. But you're probably less worried than we would be. So it all comes down to you, I think, for Premier League and Champions League, um, and just run long into the into the battle, right? Because anything can happen near the end. Mm. Um, Guardiola's got to commit or not to City sometime soon, I guess, and you just need minimally to strive for best of the rest. So that means second, doesn't it? Second, okay. Yeah. Um, so knockout stages of the Champions League for us, second yeah. in the league, okay. Yeah. To Man City, I guess you're saying, yeah, in the league. Yeah. I would assume so, okay. that all things being equal. All yeah, right. the, well, fair enough. If the best team win it, it'll be City. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, I think, you know, onwards and upwards for you. And minimally, you finish third, so you've got to go up at least one place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm just, so, just on that before we do Everton's then, if you think of Man United lost the first two games of the season because I think Ten Hag was just he didn't realise yeah. um, I think after those two games he needed a, a bigger boat if you've ever seen Jaws um, <laughs> and he got a bigger boat pretty quickly I think we beat Liverpool in the third game yeah. to stop uh, a, history, a, a, a crisis coming up but um, if you look at when we beat City in January in the return game from the 6-3 defeats and we did have we did have two heavy defeats to our closest rivals you can't deny that but but they were days in the sun for those uh, for those two teams well um, it was a day in the sun for Brentford as well wasn't it uh, yeah, yeah, it was not. They played well. I, I was there. That I was there that uh, that day. I, dro- I drove. <laughs> Let's down, look forward. I, I drove down to. Stop prevaricating. There's a train track. I drove down. I'm going to tell you, 35 is the key number of that day. And the, what, what, Pete? What you're talking about? After 35 minutes, we were four nil down. Yeah. It was also 35 degrees in London. It was the <laughs> days there's ever been. Right, right. right Everton to think. Right. First of all, Everton fans must be crying out, shrieking for a decent cup run. Yeah. Because an average team in the thing, even Newcastle got their act together with a cup run. Yeah. Everton. I'm, I'm going to predict Everton get to the League Cup final. Wow. And then it's just jury out whether they win it or not, who they come up against. The main thing is, I've heard people saying the main thing is survival. John. No disrespect, I'm going to have to use colourful language, blue-collar worker language, we used to call it. That's bollocks, that. For Evans to start of the season, that survival's the main thing. Whoever, I, I'd ban somebody from the training ground or Goodison Park if to saying that. Everton's aim to, should be to finish minimum in the top ten and aim for the top six. This next season? This next season. But they've got to find, if nothing else... Two decent strikers, two Spot people on. who can not one, two. Spot on. They can get them cheap, or they can get them whatever. But so, I'm sure Sean Dyke's working on it now. And if they do that, I think Everton can do that. I think they will turn the corner. I'm an optimist. The cup's always half full. You've got a decent manager there who can lead you for several years. And with a bit of luck, MSP might just give you the bridge to get into the new ground. People can't see me doing the fist pump. He's, he's cheering, he's fist pumping. That is nice and optimistic, which you, you're right, you always are. But all those years ago when we worked on deals, you were always optimistic that we were going to win. And we did win more often than we lost, so I'll settle for that. 
Peter, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, it's my, my pleasure, John. It's been a, a, a I always appreciate it inviting me into your world, <laughs> some strange pub somewhere halfway between Manchester yeah. and, and, and and I wish Everton well with all my me heart. Did. Ditto your way as well, because you being successful pees off the other lot if nothing else. Yeah, well, that's uh, true. Yeah. That's very uh, so, true. So thank, we'll close out on that optimism, and um, thank you everyone for listening. Take care.